you know, there's all kinds of scenes that I respond to in movies. I respond to music sequences. Uh, I respond to big comedy sequences. It was like uh, they galvanized the, the entire theater. Everybody uh, woke up. Everybody got connected. And, you know, and I would go see a, a, a film that had a, a, a sequence like that. I would see it two or three times at the theaters just to see that sequence. And then just to have that experience uh, uh, with an audience. Welcome to Making Tarantino the Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Duke, and I am here with his cousin, Jeff. And on this podcast, we watch and discuss a list of movies that Quentin Tarantino recommends and see if they've influenced his work, but basically to see what they're all about. I was surprised that this one was kind of on the list. I don't even remember it coming. Like, I wrote down this list and mm -hmm. did all this research for it. But yeah, it was interesting. Um, so last week I got something wrong. We were talking about Roger Avery and his directed movies. I was talking mm -hmm. about background actor. We were talking about Piranha and yeah. I was talking about the, the, uh, second unit director directs all the background actors and is like, Hey, what are you, you know, and everybody mm -hmm. had their little story in Roger Avery's movie. So it was rules of attraction, not rules of the game by Jean Renewal, mm -hmm. like okay. a, uh, Renoir, however you want to say his name. Uh, French guy. So, uh, hey, shit happens when you record live when we're like, what's that thing? And I'm like, I know I'm wrong, but oh, well, let's keep going. Well, not just that, but, you know, as we get older, we forget shit. Exactly. I'm trying not to, which is amazing. <laughs> Chip and I was talking to Chip about my wife's friend named Sydney. And Chip said, all I think about is alias. And I knew Sydney Bristow, but I don't fucking know what I ate two days ago. So, yeah. Um, also, I was able to guest host on a podcast a little bit ago. Remember a while ago, I was like, oh, yeah, I was on this podcast. We talked about favorite uh, musicals mm -hmm. and we did 10 favorites. He did five and I did five. So he had me on his show and it's finally coming out July 12th. Sweet. It's called the Jacked Up Review Show podcast. And we discuss 10 favorite musicals. He picks five, I pick five, and it's a fun conversation. So I can't wait to hear that because when you're in it, you're kind of like, okay. And then hearing it now will be like, cool. This guy does an episode every fucking day of the week. He takes weekends off, but the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So he must have them banked up because we did one. Ours was like back in whenever, but yeah. it was like, okay, cool. That's crazy. <laughs> um, and then I would like to give a shout out. I was going to wait till the end. These girls that I listen to, uh, they give me shout outs um, called uh, I Hate It, Let's Watch It. Mm -hmm. And these two girls, uh, Dawn and Buck, can't think of her names. But anyway, it's called. I hate it. Let's watch it. And right now they're doing, um, they're doing Riverdale. So okay. now I watch Riverdale, that first episode, you know, or whatever, the first, uh, season, maybe a little bit. I was watching with the wife and then now I'm like, okay, I'm not watching it anymore. But what is interesting is, um, damn it. I'm trying to find the girl's name. So I got it right here. Dawn. 
And mm-hmm. let me pull out my glasses. And... Lisa, I thought it was Lisa. Ha, I was right. In my head, I was right, Chip. Uh, Don and Lisa, as they tackle cinematic masterpieces such as Riverdale, Emily in Paris, Deadly Illusions, Malignant, and more. If it if it walks that fine line between entertainment and dumpster fire, odds are we're watching it. <laughs> so they just so now Riverdale's on like its seventh season. They've mm-hmm. watched all the way through. It's really getting bad now because they know they're ending the show. So now they've gone back to the 50s to kind of pay homage to the comics. Mm-hmm. But it's like some meteor was going to hit at the end of season six and demolish so Riverdale. It's going to turn into Smallville. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so except that it's ending. So there won't be all these superheroes um, or bad people. So now they're like stuck in the 50s. And these girls talk about how horny everybody is. Or they're like, oh, this part was good, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's just fun. I can listen to that. I don't have to watch the show. And I'm like, oh, wow. And like them, I'm wondering where Riverdale's going. Like, how are they going to end? Like, they're like, are they going to come back and the meteors still hit? Like, what's going on? Are they stuck in the 50s? And it's already past halfway through the show and they're still in the 50s. They were like, I thought they would have left already and been, you know. So it's like, oh, my God, all kinds of crazy shit. Well, that's what I, happens on here's TV. the question though yeah like how many times an episode does archie end up shirtless because <laughs> well, apparently that, i was like that that that's a thing isn't it that that well that's you know. what gets the girls going or maybe the boys when you got betty and veronica like there was mm-hmm. one where it was like a dream sequence and they were they wanted to like there was going to be a threesome that you thought but then they end up killing like Archie, I think, or something, you know, and it was a dream sequence. It's crazy. But right now, because they're in the 50s, it's a bunch of racism and they're trying to correct that and do all that. But anyway, it's a fun show. These ladies are awesome. I hate it. Let's watch it. Um, maybe you're not into that, but it's it's fun. You'll uh, get a kick out of it. So subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. After subscribing, leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Are you ready? And maybe Facebook. Go ahead. There's one thing that I was going to talk to Philip off air, I guess. Uh Uh, But I forgot to do it before the show started. Uh So I'm just going to let everybody know Uh now. Um, When Philip goes into Instagram, he's probably going to set up threads. So if you're following on Instagram, you'll be able to do threads, which is basically Instagram's version of Twitter. They're basically fighting Twitter now because Elon Musk is a douchebag. So interesting yeah and it's basically just it's integrated into even though it has you kind of download the thing and kind of do all that and set up the all it does is it copies everything over from instagram right and do it it says do you just want to copy your info you go yep blah blah, boom it's done so easy but it's basically just like like a twitter version of instagram built into it it's cool right interesting except without the nudity that's what i like about twitter is nudity yeah (laughs) Well, we could always put that in there, but I don't think that's going to attract anybody. Although the nudity I don't like is when there's a guy smoking a bowl and just his dicks out like and he's like, how are you guys enjoying the morning? And I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and the other day I'm looking at some showing the wife something and there's a picture of Mia Jovovich naked. My wife's like, whoa, that can that's OK. And I'm like, yeah, it's on Twitter. It's thing. And she's like, OK, <laughs> yep. anyway. Are you ready? Get on with the show and play a TV spot for this movie. All right. 
from Touchstone Pictures. For the boys of Welton Academy, it was just another ordinary year until... Mr. Anderson, are you a man or an amoeba? John Keating opened their minds to something more. Dare to touch the important thing. I love you, Chris. Dare to walk a new path. From now on, call me the wonder. Robin Williams is John Keating. Seize the day. I'm going to do it! He was the inspiration that made their lives extraordinary. Dead Poet Society, rated PG. Now playing at a theater near you. Check newspaper for showtimes. Dead Poets Society, 1989. The plot for generations, Welton Academy students have been groomed to live lives of conformity and tradition until a charismatic new professor, John Keating, inspires them to think for themselves, live life to the fullest, and carpe diem. His unconventional approach awakens the spirits of the students and inspires them to make their lives extraordinary. But he soon draws the wrath of a disapproving faculty when an unexpected tragedy strikes the school. Dun, dun, dun. This, I think, is why I've only seen this movie once before. Is because you're like, it's good, but it's those movies like that I can't explain, like a drama that's like a serious, heavy drama, like your favorite a time to kill yeah it's a good movie but i'm not gonna buy it because i'm not gonna rewatch it a bunch yeah. i'm not gonna buy this movie because i'm not gonna rewatch it a bunch it'll sit on my show i bought lawrence of arabia but i'm not gonna watch it over and over every once in a while you go i want a little inspiration i want some art and you put on that 2001 a space odyssey better than say this movie you watch it more because you're like oh look at this shot look at that shot mm -hmm. but anyway starring robin williams john keating Robert Sean Leonard as Neil Perry. I'm watching this. The wife's watching it with me. And she goes, oh, that's a guy from uh, House. And I'm House, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, duh. Fucking, yeah. I go, thank you, honey. I was going to look it up because who is this guy? Um, Ethan Hawke <laughs> is Todd Anderson. Josh Charles is Knox Overstreet. So all the while I kept going, oh, Josh Charles, honey. He was from The Good Wife and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, uh -huh. I think I'm only thinking it uh, right away. I'm thinking him from uh, Threesome. Oh, yeah. Sean, my friend Sean and I went and saw that movie. He's like, who's coming? You've been eating my own. He <laughs> um, <laughs> said Hanna. that in the movie. That's not. What yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. That wasn't coming from me or Chip or my friend Sean <laughs> wasn't like, hey, Sean. <laughs> Gail Hansen is Charlie Dalton. She's a female. Uh, Norman Lloyd as Dr. Gail Nolan. So Norman Lloyd, he's from a from he like work with Shake with Shakespeare with Hitchcock, stuff like that. So very cool. Um, he's the headmaster of Welton Academy, Dr. Gail Nolan. And Kurtwood Smith as Thomas Perry, Neil's controlling father. Is there ever a bad guy that we still hate because you saw him in Robocop killing Peter Weller? Yep. Well, so the guy, the, the headmaster dude, though. Yeah. I kept trying to remember, like, was he wasn't was he one of the ones that was insane elsewhere, or was it somewhere else that was around that time that he was like a head dude, like doctor or some crap? Interesting. He might have been insane elsewhere because that was earlier. But yeah. all I remember from Saint Elsewhere is Howard Howie Mendel, mm -hmm. Denzel Washington, and um, that Kit. Guy. Huh? Kit. Kit. Who's Kit? The, uh, that's the voice for kid your school oh no um no the other guy the the tall guy that's like a hippie guy and oh, oh um yeah, yeah. Uh, and his father was an actor and 
from 12 angry men um right ah it's on the tip of my tongue chip yeah and all i could always see him in recently is uh um bless young young sheldon oh well he was in bless this mess also dax shepherd show okay hang on guys it's on the tip of my tongue almost there dang it It, i can't even think of old people Suck. <laughs> i know right it fucking sucks damn it what was his ed bagley jr yes so that's who i remember from saint elsewhere but anyway chip written by tom shulman so this is based on his experiences at the montgomery bell academy in nashville tennessee particularly with his inspirational teacher samuel pickering so this is a real guy that like inspired him in Schulman's manuscript. Keating had been ill and slowly dying of Hodgkin's lymphoma with a scene showing him on his deathbed in the hospital. This was removed by Weir who deemed it unnecessary claiming this would focus audiences on Keating's illness and not on what he stood for, which is very true. And then also early notes from Disney on the script also suggested making the boys passion dancing rather than poetry as well as a new (laughs) title sultans of swing focusing on the character of mr keating rather than on the boys themselves but both were dismissed outright Hmm. so yes the headmaster dude was on saint elsewhere okay and he was in charge on there okay yeah he was uh from 1982 to 1988 132 episodes oh goodness and it was William Daniels. He's the voice of Kit. Right, right. Also. He was in your boys, boys, uh, Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. Yeah, that one. Directed by Peter Weir. So this is interesting. Jeff Canoe was originally hired as a director. He directed such films as Gotcha, Tough Guys, True Beverly Hills, and B.I. Wachowski. Mm-hmm. Canoe had envisioned Liam Neeson in the role of Keating. Other actors considered for the role were Dustin Hoffman, Mel Gibson, Tom Hanks, and Mickey Rourke. That would be weird, Mickey Rourke. Robin Williams, Touchstone Pictures' preferred choice, was ultimately cast, but on the first day of shooting outside Atlanta, Williams did not show as he did not want to work with Canoe. The studio burned down the already built sets and replaced Canoe with another director. So I don't know what that story was, but it's like, (laughs) holy shit, you burned everything down. It was like, we're going to restart. I do have one question. It made me think of it at the very beginning of this movie. It it started with the touchstone pictures thing. Robin Williams is the guy that plays the teacher. (laughs) Oh, gotcha. Yeah. No, when you see the touchstone pictures thing go, what's the first movie you think of that you remember seeing touchstone added to as, as? I think for me, it's ruthless people. Okay. Or uh, Tombstone, I think. Isn't that Touchstone? Tombstone? I think so. I, um, mine, it's um, the one that always pops into my mind is uh, Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah. Such a good film. Oh, it's a good one. It was just something I wanted to ask because it yeah. made me know that. That's, I, gosh, that's it's, a- it's just like the Morgan Creek music. When you hear that music, you're like, it brings back um, Prince of Thieves, Robin mm-hmm. Hood, Prince of Thieves. But also you're watching true romance and you're like, 
that's when my wife was like, oh, it's Prince of Thieves. And I'm like, oh, you fucking know this? Like, I know that you're I'm going to marry you now. Um, That's awesome. So uh, something else was Peter Weir was on a flight and somebody was like, hey, read this script. And he read it and he was like, "Okay, I want to do this. And then he had all the ideas to like change it and it was directed well. And it's, you know, all this stuff that we'll get into. But also let's hear from some listeners on listener opinions. Sounds good. Man, I don't even have an opinion. Well, you gotta have an opinion. Pedro Jimenez on Twitter wrote, quote, it's been a long time, but I adored it. Chip's wife, Katie, on Facebook wrote, quote, such a spectacular movie, heart emoji and a crying emoji. End quote. Snake skin, snake skin jacket on Twitter wrote, yes, it's very, uh, you know, it's Nicholas Cage. Um, quote, I can see why some people hate this film as the elites who replace the elites it critiques are much worse. But that said, it's amazing and it's correct at its core that we are all worm food in the end and should live life to the fullest. End quote. Then he added, quote this is from the movie i wanted to live deep and suck all the marrow of life to live so sturdily and spartan like as to put to root all that was not life to cut a broad swath and shave close to drive life into a corner and reduce it to its lowest terms end quote and then ian lynch passarelli on twitter sent me an article he's a one of my buddy film buds we got this whole twitter thing mm-hmm. and uh wrote me he sent me an article he's like here's an article from a thing it's called intellectualtakeout.org and the thing was called uh, why robin williams character from dead poet society is a terrible person by Grayson <laughs> quay from october 22nd 2018 and here's a little what the article that he sent me said and this he sent me the quote i read the whole thing it was pretty interesting Quote, Keating's life is so attractive because it is built on a kernel of truth. Yes, we should develop our God-given talents. No, we should not blindly accept whatever we are told. But unless we acknowledge the limitations of tradition, duty, and community, we will lead lonely, selfish lives, hurting everyone around us in the process. End quote. Then he was like, here's, here's another article of an offshoot that goes the other way. So I was like, okay, this one from a website called Larry Taylor and the movies. And the article is dead poet society. No, Mr. Keating is not the actual villain from March 17th, 2022. So this one was saying that, um, you know, that it wasn't his fault. Like he told them to like branch out that, um, Keating is telling the kids telling, uh, Neil, Like, hey, you need to tell your dad how you feel. Tell him what you're telling me now. He's not saying go against whatever, do this. Maybe you should kill yourself, blah, 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 you know. And then the other thing on the other one about him being a villain was the one about the creepy guy, Josh Charles is at that party. And Mm -hmm. he's like, seize the day. And he rapes that girl. And you're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You went too far. Like, that's. it's a real thin line of like seize the day. Like, let me just take her because I'm going to fuck it. Seize the day. I'm going to do it. And then you're like, no, now you're a murderer. You're a rapist. Like what's going on? You know, 
we don't kill people because, you know, I'm going to kill that person because he's bad. No, there's morals and things that we have to do. But yes. Um, and well, that's and all course, for listener. Of course, when it comes down to it, the, the good and bad of it is, you know, he told him directly what he should have done. Yes. Talking to his father, doing all yes. that. He lied to him that he did yes. talk to his father. Yes. And that, and when he said it two times to him, you were like, oh, so he had the scripted. He had this ready. Yeah. Like, yeah. Obviously. Well, and it's done so well because he's so nervous at telling him that yeah. you as a viewer are like, he's lying to you. Mm -hmm. Robin Williams is a little bit like Keating is a little bit like, I don't know, but also he just keeps, and you know that he keeps saying it to make himself believe it. Mm -hmm. And it's, well, that, and he's showing, he's showing he is a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's get into this movie chip. All righty where to start so starts out already my wife was like is this a boarding school when they were eating in there and i'm like and i always thought boarding i was thinking boarding. Ties? what's going on <laughs> when i think and and that's what she she goes she she's on her phone doing something and then she goes do you know that ben affleck and matt damon were both in school ties and i go <laughs> yeah and she goes because i think i get this movie mixed up with that movie and i'm like but you've seen this movie, right? She's like, yes. I said, okay. Because before last week when I told her, oh, honey, guess what the next movie is? She's like, what? I go, it's Dead Poet Society. I go, have you seen it? She goes, seize the, she goes, oh, captain, my captain. I said, yes, carpe diem, seize the day. She goes, yeah. I said, oh, you've seen it. Okay. So went to the video store, rented it for a dollar, way better than the $3 or $4 that ship paid. What was it? Three? Um, but we can't all have video stores. It's an old yeah. superstar video that's over here. One guy yeah. owns it. And all the movie, the old movies are a dollar um, every day. And then Mondays, the new releases are a dollar. So what's considered a new release is what kind of sucks. Some of the movies are old. Mm -hmm. I rented Confessed Fletch, which is like, that's not a new, new movie, but <laughs> it's on their new release wall. So I'm like, that's okay. But anyway. So movie starts out. So that's the thing. Boarding school, I always thought was like kids in trouble, yeah. almost like a military academy or like juvenile type boarding school. But it's just a school where they stay and they yeah, stay. When they called it a prep school, a preparatory school, yeah. I was like, I was like, I've always, because of the movies we've watched growing up, you've always thought of the prep school as like a really like you're either the elite, elite asshole kids. Yeah. Or you're being sent there and to straighten the fuck up kind of a thing yeah but i'm just like but when they were talking in the beginning they're like preparatory school preparing you for college on it ah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that, that makes more sense now yeah okay. yeah you're like okay and it's so where does this movie start chip you just watched it i'm trying to get well, into basically it. it's everybody coming into the school so so yeah so introductions um going to their their rooms all that yeah. in the beginning you, you meet the parents you see the asshole parents you see the ones that are, like you gotta go and they're like the kids crying i don't well, want to stay mommy you know and and the one and what's interesting on here that i do like is um with uh robert sean leonard who mm -hmm. they're like just tell your dad and he's like don't give me that shit like you guys are all the same you guys fucking listen to your parents as well yeah you don't stand up to them and that's what's interesting. We'll get to it at the end. But at the end, when it's like, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to do it. And then you're like, oh, shit, now I'm in a corner. Now I can't 
speak up like I wanted because not just me and Norman Lloyd, it's me and my parents and Norman Lloyd. And, you know, I got to go home with them. Um, But so you meet them and Ethan Hawke and him are together. Now, Ethan Hawke had been in Explorers before and then had some time off and hadn't been in much and then came back to acting to do this. And there's a story that I'll tell later about how cool this was. And I was going to add, I found a little like added thing right after Robin Williams died where they talk to Ethan Hawke and he explained something. And I was like, I don't want to put that at the end because that's bringing us down. Let's imagine Robin Williams with everything that he gave us. Aladdin, fucking, you know, all of his stand up, like Mork and Mindy, everything. Um, That's what's crazy when you think about Mork and Mindy from like the late 70s, early 80s. And now here it is 89 and he's doing serious work like, you know, and in 89 was where like this and good, uh, good morning Vietnam, I think, came out in the same year. Yeah, and that, and that's what's crazy because you said eighty nine. For some reason in my head, I was thinking it was like nineties, like it, you know, mm-hmm. just when it came out, and so it just kind of baffled that, me for a second. I was like, oh shit! Yeah. That's because your favorite movie with honors came out in around the mid nineties, and that's when Chip was like, "I love, I love Joe Pesci." I'm like, yeah. okay, Chip, calm down. Did you see Goodfellas? <laughs> no, but I've seen with honors. Um, <laughs> and that's all I need. So that's all, that's I, right. need. That's right. that's all I need. I need this. Um, so, so the, um, so Ethan Hawke meets, uh, meets Neil and they, mm-hmm. you know, all meet and Ethan Hawke's kind of like shy and everything, which they do. He does really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about Ethan Hawke, I think I've explained it before, at least on our old show was, uh, he was on a podcast once on Mark Maron's podcast. Mark Maron's like, how did you go into acting? with Denzel in training day. He's yeah. like, I watched all of his movies like game film. And I was like, here's what he's going to hit me with. Here's what I'm going to hit him with. And he goes, so when I went in, I was prepared and we nice. just play, you know, ping pong back and forth. And like, so I didn't like, you know, cow down to him and be like, Oh shit. Like it's like, I was like, I'm here, let's go. And it's like, awesome. Um, so they meet, they're going to school. They're going to the class. Mr. Keating is the first one that they're like, here's our new teacher. And they go in and right away he like walks out of the room and comes back in. They're like, what the fuck? What's going on? You know, because they're so used to behaving and being normal. And then he's like, rip out that introduction. Here's what this says. It's all bullshit. You go with your heart. He's like, rip all that out. And the one guy's like, I don't know. And they're like, just fucking rip it out. So he's like, okay. So finally they all rip it out. They're having a good time. And and then is that when he tells it, it slowly becomes you're like, oh, this guy's cool. Like I always wanted a cool, inspirational teacher. I had a philosophy teacher that a friend of mine who she was a teacher. She said when I first got into teaching, she said this was a guy who I had in college who really inspired me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, and he was good. He was inspiring, but not as great as like Dr. Keating, Mr. Keating. Yeah, but well, the beginning right? of the movie like straight up was when he walked in, walked out and had them all follow him. And he did the seize the day moment. He, mm-hmm. he had them looking at all of these people on the wall and from, uh, from previous classes that had graduated and basically said, seize the day and went through and said, you know, they are all worm food. Yeah. Yeah. They're all telling you seize the day. And he started, you know, mouthing yeah. it or whatever. And everybody just at first thought he was crazy, but then they, you realize that they're all kind of really 
absorbing yeah, it. Riveting. And yeah. That was that moment where, you know, the clincher, he's got him kind of a yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, it was from there on that anything that he did that was kind of funny and giggly and cute, you know, or whatever, like they're like, oh, okay, he's a cool teacher. Because they established early on the teachers that they went to before even coming into his room were all like, this is this is my way or the highway kind of a thing. And I will give you an extra point blah, 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 and you'll get in trouble and you know, yeah, don't, and it, don't test me. So Yeah, and it was boring, like, yeah. yeah, boring just. And I was thinking of that too. Any of those other teachers, like you got to go through that every day, like your curriculum. Yeah, you're going to, you could change it. But every day you got to, every year you got to explain that same thing again. Like, oh, mm-hmm. like it would it would be frustrating but um but yeah he he uh calls him out there and then then he takes him out like walking they're walking mm-hmm. or, or do they just follow him and they're like hey we have a question what is dead poet society and he explains it to him and then uh yeah, Neil, they, have his, they have his old yearbook and they show yeah, him yeah that's right he's like, <laughs> he's like and burn that by the way yeah. um and then they're like, well, let's go do that. Like, we're going to do it. And Ethan Hawke's like, I don't want to read in front of anybody. Like, and he's like, okay, I've talked to them all. He's not going to read. We're good. They're like, okay. And they all go. And at, and it, it's interesting the way they do that, the way they set that up too, because you're sitting there going, they're not doing what he told them to do. They're not reading through the poetry. They're just reading limericks. They're telling horror stories by the campfire. Like this is, and then it slowly becomes them talking about everything and them just kind of learning or like, you know, and this is when also Josh Charles is like, I love this girl. She's the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. And they're like, okay. And the thing of um, what was funny later, jumping ahead a little bit, but when that guy brings the two girls in, yeah. And he's like uh, Overstreet and he's like he's like these are two girls and he says a poem and they're like oh my god. He's like she's like did you write he's like yeah I did just for you. Let me think of another one. And he's like how about this one? And the other girl's like oh my god you're so and they're just like shaking their heads like oh my god. <laughs> um but and then when he's like I'm going to tell them you know I let it slip about this like and we should let women be and we should do this. And what's cool is at the time you're with him, you're with Overstreet going, yeah, that's a way to do it. You tell everyone what to do or you tell everyone about it. You kind of open it up and everybody can live as free and be as cool and feel nice about everything as you do. Yeah. But then when Keating finds out, Keating's like, no, like you're going to get it shut down. Like you're not understanding what this is about. And and then if you've noticed the way the acting is for Overstreet, Overstreet is like playing the bongos and like talking about what he did when he got spanked and da da da. And when they go to hand him back his bongos and his pipe or his cigarette, he like dismisses it because he's like, yeah. no, I'm he's right. I fucked up. Like we're not yeah. celebrating. And and um, so it's really interesting where you're like, you're like, yeah, they, you know they get it then, you know, he gets it, but he's also like, you should have said it was a collect call from God. And that would have been a little better. Like, okay. And, and so then there's this part where this is what I was talking about. So then um, Keating says, when y'all come in tomorrow, you got to write a poem and 
you got to read it in front of class. And he, he looks at Ethan Hawke and he goes, I know this is bothering you a lot, Todd. Like you <laughs> fucking hate this, but you know, and so then he gets everybody up there. One of the guys is reading. They're kind of laughing at him. And then he tells the guy, well, being as you were laughing, why don't you get up? You say something. And that guy reads, you know, I had a cat who sat on a mat. He sits down. He's like, I'm done. He's like, that's fine. That was kind of what you're doing, but you're, you're not getting it, but okay. You got it. You know, you kind of got it. You kind of did. And yeah, then he goes, and, he, and, and, and that point where he basically says, it's kind of uh, lackluster, kind of boring or whatever like that. You brought nothing to it. And just kind of got all sad. Look on yeah. his face. Like, like you could tell that it was almost like, you know, your parents saying that you're yeah. disappointed. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's giving him shit enough to be like, you need more passion to bring the passion in. So then he gets Todd. He goes, Todd, I know you've been fearing this whole thing. Come on. It's your turn. And Todd's like, oh, and he gets up and he's like, I didn't write anything. Mm-hmm. But you know that he wrote something and he read through it, but he didn't like it and he threw it away. Yeah. So he's like, he's like, come on, just go with your, what do you see from that old man from Walt Whitman? You know, what do you see? And he's a mad old man did it. And he's like, go with it. And he goes, and a, and a blanket off my feet that I pull up, but it exposed my feet. No matter what I do, stretching it, I can't get covered i love that he covered his eyes during that like yeah. when he's just like don't and then when the guy started laughing he's like don't even look at that just yeah. keep going and yeah. when he kept going it was it was kind of in that moment because the way that this movie set up it kind of slowly integrates the different kids because yeah. there's essentially there's four kind of four main kids yeah that are that have more to do with the way that everything's going and it's it's kind of the way I felt about other movies where I said that, you know, you, you don't want them all to be the same person. You don't want them all just to yeah. blend all in. Different characters. Yeah. yeah. And they did really well with this. And this is that moment where when he pulls him out and he just shows what he's capable of in that, that thing that aside from the other things that happened at the end of the movie, this is the first time that I actually got teary eyed mm-hmm. because yeah. of the fact that like, he pulls out the creativity in him that is just locked in there. That's hidden. And, yeah. and it, it hit me today. Because, and I know it didn't hit me before, mm-hmm. you know, when I watched the movie, but it hit me today because of the stuff that I've been, you know, that I've been writing um, from the Kindle Bell stuff and all that stuff mm-hmm. is that there are those moments where it just happens, where it just starts flowing and it starts and you're yeah. just, and you can't explain it it yeah. just starts happening and the writing starts working and it starts making sense and it connects to so many different things from the last how many um uh chapters you've done or whatever but you're just like holy crap how is this happening kind of a yeah. thing so when i saw him pulling that out i was like oh that's fucking awesome <laughs> so- yeah 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 it was it was amazing where it's that it's that spark of creativity. It's a thing where somebody doesn't know they have it until it, and then you're like, oh shit, I do have it, I guess. And well, something and here. The cool thing is the way he did it when he did it with him, it wasn't just about poetry, about him just like, like yeah. that could be used in, in writing and just writing a story, it, it, yeah. you know, just in him doing the description yeah. of the man on the wall yeah. was amazing. Like, so. Yeah. He's like, just read it. Yeah. It's like, a, um, yeah, I can't think of the guy's name, but yes, it's, it's a thing of just go with it. And, and he's so one-on-one with him that he's forgetting everything and he's just going with it. And during filming, Williams used to crack many jokes on the set, which Ethan Hawke found incredibly irritating for the scene where Todd Anderson is spontaneously incited by John Keating to make a poem in front of the class. Williams apparently made a joke saying that Hawke was intimidating 
which Hawk later realized was serious and that the joke referred to his earnestness and intensity as a young man. Ironically, Hawk's first agent signed with Hawk once Williams told him that Hawk would do really well. Wow. So, yeah. So that's awesome. is like got him his first agent and everything. Um, but yeah, that part's cool. And then you're like, okay, awesome. And then they're going to the thing. Then the girls show that whole thing happens. And, um, and then also during this, Josh Charles is like into this girl mm-hmm. and she invites him to a party and it's kind of cool because she invites him to the party. He hangs up and they're like, you don't think her boyfriend will be there. And he's like, you guys don't get it. Like she said, she was thinking about me. Like that's, <laughs> All that's I all I was thinking about. Yep. And it's like, it's like, oh, that's cool. And they're like, and they're like, oh, we understand. Okay. And during this, um, or, or toward in the beginning was when uh uh Neil is like, Hey, I'm gonna be in this play. I'm so excited. And Ethan Hawk's like, Well, what does your dad think? Oh no, I'm gonna write this letter from my dad saying that, you know, that it's okay for me to do it. And he's like, okay. And you're like, damn, like, what's the dad going to say? And again, in a movie, usually you think the dad will have a change of heart and be like, I understand, like, things are good. Okay, go. No, he's fucking sticking to his convictions of, Mm -hmm. you know, no, you can't do that. And it's almost a throwaway line when Neil is like, but I've got A's in all my classes. I'm doing great. But it's almost throwaway because they're talking over each other. He's like, I got A's and I'm like, he goes, no, you're done acting. You're done. This is bullshit. And so then he goes and he, you know, he's like, you made a liar out of me when she said, was that later or was that then? No, that was then because he said that uh, that they that the lady went up to him and said that, oh, your son is uh, in a play with my daughter. Yeah. Because oh, that can't be. Yeah. He's not in any play. Yeah. You, you must be wrong. Yeah. He's like, you made a liar, which is like, it's all about his ego. It's all about, you know, and like Neil says, like, we're not from a, I'm not from a rich family. Like, uh, like Todd, like Ethan, like Todd's, uh, parents. He's like, so, you know, it's important for me to be in this, to, to be a doctor. And that's also, again, with parents just want to brag about their kid. Oh, my kid's a doctor and my kid's a, you know, whatever. And you're like, you know, it makes you. But the point on what you were saying, where where it's all about him, he's going to make it all about him when he becomes a doctor. Because like he said later on, he said, I've sacrificed so much to get you where you are. Yeah, exactly. That's all he's going to say is I've sacrificed so much for him to be this doctor that he is. Yeah, he's a doctor because of what I did. Yeah, exactly. And it's. Which is very sociopathic, like kind of mentality but yeah well yeah and it's that thing that yeah just makes you uh it makes you angry that Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people like this that can't that are stuck in this world that are they can't speak the way they want they can't do what they want they got to be you know you could take this all the way to something that just popped into my head being gay okay somebody's got to now act straight because their parents would disown them or whatever. So they're stuck in this miserable hell of acting like they're straight when they're really gay and they can't be honest or you're any. Well, what sucks about this moment though, is that when you said it, you know, these two people, 
being so different. He's so yeah. different from his father. Yeah. That his father's just forcing him into this situation. But at the same time, he knows his father. Yeah. Well enough to know that everything he's going to do is 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 not going to work so when he starts really freaking out like getting so excited and jumping around about be, being in this plane doing all this he yeah. knows in the back of his mind yeah. it's never going to work out yeah so this is a very self-destructive yeah yeah it's when he being. writes when he writes that letter and he yeah. says like oh he's getting excited writing the letter because it's so much fun because going against his dad being an anarchist against his father is like so great and that's mm. also why he's like fuck it i'll be in the play i'll do it and when I'm done, I can go do whatever. And it's like, it's almost putting blinders on. You need to focus on the problem then. But also like when Robin Williams is like, have you told your father what you yeah. just told me? And he's like, he's like, yeah, but he goes, I can't. And you've, you've seen it on screen when he's talking to his dad, his dad won't let him get a word in edgewise. His dad is like, you said my way or the highway, that's it. And you're like, oh shit. And so then he's in the play. He's doing really well. His dad shows up in the back room in the back. During this, Josh Charles gets the girl and he's like, come with me. You know, he's like, I love you. Here's some flowers. And she's like, you embarrass me. You know, she shows up at his school. He's like, let's go outside. She's like, oh, you can embarrass me in my school, but I can't do this in your school. Mm -hmm. And he's like, just go with me to the play. And she's like, no, my, my boyfriend will kill you. And he's like, I don't care. Like, let's go. And so then he's like, we'll sit in the back and we'll just blend in. It'll be fine. And she's like, fine, I'll go with you. He's like, okay. And well, then the, the key that phrase way. that she says twice is mm -hmm. you're so frustrating, mm -hmm. right? Is it, and it, it, it kind of like when she says that a couple of times, you know, at that point, like when she says it the first time, yeah. she's actually frustrated when she says it the next time, she's yeah. smiling and giggling about it. And, and you're just like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. This is yeah. going the right direction. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. He's tenacious. Oh, infuriating. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, but then again, no means no, Chip. Yeah, that's true. You can't, yeah. Don't condone rape, Chip. How dare you? Um, you're so uh, infuriating. Yeah. I yes. guess I'll <laughs> give myself up to you. Um, so, so then they go, they watch the play. He does really well. Mm -hmm. Keating is there. Keating's like, oh, this is great. He's doing really good. And then the father is like, we're leaving right now. And he's like, but I did good. And Keating's and his friends tried to talk to him. And Keating's like, no, leave him. Leave him alone. Like, can't talk to him right now. And yeah, don't uh, make it worse. And Kurtwood Smith takes him home. And the mom. Now, how do you feel about the mom? Is the mom the mom is him say anything is she with him okay right right yeah the yeah, mom yeah. is him because yeah. she won't say anything yeah he has learned his timidness from the mother because he speaks for the mother yeah and says you, you know you have you have saddened your mother you have blah 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 your mother yeah. he is a controlling persona in this yeah. whole thing and like you said about him having the blinders on when he's doing everything to yeah. be you know, to be in the play and everything like that and just trying to go in that direction yeah. so is the father he has so got yeah. his own blinders yeah. on. So yeah. That's something he also got from his father. It's kind of a weird mix, but it's well, a destructive yeah. mix. Yeah. Well, and it's it's interesting where, not to bring politics, whatever, but the way the world is now, nobody yeah. will give on either side. It's mm -hmm. butting heads and not wanting to give of like, maybe you're right about this certain thing. Maybe mm -hmm. you're right about this thing. 
Maybe we're too woke. Maybe we're not woke enough. Bah, bah, bah. And everybody just butts head because nobody wants to back down. And that's what happens here is nobody wants to back down. And and then when he gets into the room, Kurtwood Smith goes to go to bed and the wife's crying and he just kind of ignores it. Like what he's like, it'll yeah, be he, fine. He says, yeah, it'll be fine. Like he just like he's yeah. thinking she's crying over the fact that yeah. the son has screwed them over and it's and they have to send him to military school. No, yeah. she yeah. wants what's best for her son and what he yeah. wants, but she's not willing to stand up yeah. to it. Yeah. And especially when he's like, I did really good. And he's like, no, you're done. This is all bullshit. Like, no. And then it's the thing of him getting naked or whatever and putting his thing on, opening the windows. And then he goes downstairs and he has the key. And you kind of know where this is going, probably, I would think. Yeah. Um, and then he opens the drawer and has the gun wrapped up, but he doesn't unwrap it. You just see it. So you know what it is kind of cool that they don't have to have him unwrap it and load it and look at it and whatever. They just have it there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, and this brings up a good point that I just thought of that. I heard somebody talk about on podcasts about trigger warnings. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes they have too many trigger warnings on movies. Like I've heard like that they'll, bring up a trigger warning and kind of ruin the movie for you because they're like, Oh, this might involve so this involves suicide. Then yeah. you're like, Oh shit, somebody's going to kill themselves. And they did a survey of people who had trauma. They showed them a movie said, how do you feel? They said there was no trigger warning. They were like, we're fine. Or the trigger warning made you more think about it. And now you're watching for, you know, so it's yeah, kind of counter anxieties there yeah. waiting yeah. for it to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also back to the thing about, like I said, about French connection being changed. It's at least just give me a thing of like gone with the wind was done in 1939. Yeah. You know, things were different. People didn't know enough any better. Go watch the movie, but know this yeah. and not have to be like, well, let's change it or just pull it out of existence forever. Like, no. Um, but anyway, so then it's cool too the way it's done. So he has he's looking at the gun at the desk. Then all of a sudden it cuts to Kurtwood Smith waking up and he's like, What was that? And the yeah. wife's like, What? And he's like, I heard something. You didn't hear the gunshot like you would normally do when him jump up. He wakes up to it and you're like, Oh wow. And then she's like, What? And he gets his robe on, his slippers, and he goes down. Go ahead. For me, that was the coolest thing because I don't I didn't remember it being that way. Yeah. But you but you know that things that wake you up out of your sleep yeah. you don't know what it is yeah yeah exactly yeah so for him to go what was that noise that's why like, peter like, peter weir is a great director yeah uh, so that was just that movie. in itself i was like i was just like marveling at that just yeah. damn that was yeah that was cool. <laughs> so. yeah way cool and um so then he goes down and he's like no no and he runs over you know first he doesn't see him and then he sees some smoke and then he goes over yeah, and he, he sees smells him. the smoke because he's yeah, he's yeah. Smoke. that's like right. that he's like he, he you know that he knows at that point that look on his eyes like he's looking like he's yeah searching. yeah and then the mom comes in and it's really good where i always wonder this for acting if he was like i'm gonna do it this way or didn't tell her and they were both just like let's go for it and then she's just like no 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 he's okay he's okay and he's like no and it's that thing of just you know, makes you sad for them, mm -hmm. but also like, damn you guys, like what yeah. the, or damn you, Kurtwood Smith. 
And uh, it reminds me of the thing, like I said, My Girl. There's another movie. My Girl's a great movie. I wouldn't rewatch it a bunch because it's got that sad thing. But when she's like, he didn't get his glasses and she's running down and you're fucking bawling because you're like, oh, my God. Um, and this pissed me off even more because mm-hmm. when he's sitting here, my boy, my boy, my boy, right? Yeah. She yeah. comes up and goes, but, but he's, he, he's okay. He's going to be alive or whatever. And he holds her and he goes, stop it. Like he's still trying to have control. He tells her to stop mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And it cut away. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I was, Interesting. I was so yeah. I, I kind of noticed that, but I was more noticing like if they let her go, like sometimes they'll let actors do their own thing. Sometimes yeah. an actor will go, I'm going to slap you. Okay. Yeah. And then you work with that. But for him to grab, I was like, he's kind of grabbing her kind of rough and like, stop it. But it's a thing of getting her to realize like, that's his thing. I live in the real world. This is what it is. We can't all live in dream fantasy land like my acting son and like you thinking he's okay. He's not okay. To, and you're like, wow. Mm-hmm. But what else we forgot right before that? Not right before that, but when Ethan Hawke's sitting there up on like the bridge or whatever up there and above the school and he's like, what's going on? And he goes, it was my birthday today. And, oh, what'd you get? I got this desk set. Oh, really? Oh, that's not. Yeah, they got it for me last year as well. He's like, oh, well, maybe and he goes, uh, this looks like it wants to fly. I think it wants to fly. And they throw it. And then he goes, the good news is you get another one next year. And, yeah. he's like, and they start laughing. But it's a thing of Ethan Hawke being serious about he's sad. Mm-hmm. Neil is sad for him, but also them just making light and better of it to not let's not fucking morrow in self-pity. Let's just go. You know, your and parents was have no moment. idea. Yeah, it was a moment that was needed to bring them closer before this tragedy yeah. happened. Yeah, because he was there, kind of like, "Yeah, come with us to the cave," yeah. and you know, trying to bring him along and yeah. and, and be a part oh, of it. Open him up. Yeah, open his shell. Yeah, yeah. But it, but when it when it had it where he confided in him as far as wanting to be an actor, and then him telling him about his birthday, and basically his mm-hmm. parents are shitty. You yeah. know, it's like that. Those are the two things that they really need to connect, so that afterwards it was like, okay. They were becoming really good roommates. They were. Yeah. Where everybody else was sad when they woke him up and they're all in there. He knows something's up and he's like, what's going on? And they're like, Neil's dead. And then he goes walking and they're just like, leave him alone. Like, let him go. And he just walks out or, you know, onto the pier, whatever it is out there. Yeah. Well, because at first they were, they were, they were kind of going out in the snow area and he starts to like basically throw up. He's so, yeah. Yeah. He falls over to throw up. And which I was kind of like, it was a little weird because I remembered it happening, but then watching it again, I was like, what? Like the snow in up, his mouth. Yeah. Snow in his mouth. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, really? Yeah. Like, my, right. my wife giggled a little bit and she's like, and I go, well, she goes, he just shoved snow in his mouth. I go, well, he had to wash his mouth. He's like, here, wash that vomit out of your mouth. Yeah, I, I kind of understood to a point, but he was like kind of just shoving it in his mouth. Yeah. He kind of yeah, pushed yeah, it out, yeah. pushed it away or whatever. I'm like, yeah. what is this, Tic Tac snow? Like, yeah, yeah, off. exactly. <laughs> uh, but so then, so now, um, now the professor, the uh, doctor, what was his name? Hang on. So now the, the uh, headmaster mm-hmm. is, uh, hang on, I'm almost there, guys. I normally have this written down, but here we go. Uh, headmaster uh, Gail Nolan. So he's like, 
he's like, oh, you know, he talks to Keating. And before this, too, he's like, oh, I used to teach English. I loved it and I don't do it anymore. And he's like, oh, I never thought of that for you. And he's like, look, you need to stop. What were you doing out there with the kids walking around? He's like, mm -hmm. I was showing them about conformity and about how things just kind of you fall into place and you don't realize it. And and then. Um, and so because this guy killed himself, he's like, he's like, um, did does he confront they, they, him or do they were all there? They were all singing the. Yeah him or whatever because of his death and right. then when they were done and saying oh man the headmaster's up at the front and said we're going to do an investigation but the way he puts it is we're going to do an investigation because it was asked up by the family right because yeah. no the dad can't think maybe he's at fault yeah. for his yeah. kid killing himself because exactly. he won't fucking listen they exactly. have to blame it on keating yeah so, yeah ridiculous and, that's where the blinders were really on right then oh, yeah. when yeah. it's like yeah our kid killed himself he's a fine upstanding kid there's no way that you know he could have any mental yeah, issues yeah there's no yeah and that's the thing where um the wife was like well he shouldn't be fired like they would have taken legal action against the school like yeah. that would have been the school's fault for hiring this guy or whatever but i agree that it wasn't his fault he said carpe diem you know over street not over street um josh charles a little mm. too much Josh Charles might grow up to be a fucking rapist. <laughs> like you got Josh Charles is Overstreet. Um, oh, I thought Overstreet was the kid. No, Overstreet's the other guy. Yeah. Hang on. No, him is like Randall or something. Hang on. Oh, I'm almost there. I hear you, but um Ethan Hawk, Knox. Uh okay, you're right. Knox Overstreet. Okay, then who's the other guy? I guess uh, I guess I don't have him written down. Yeah, his name the oh, other Dalton. guy that I was Charlie the guy that Dalton. got the guy that got spanked is a guy that I was thinking of. Yeah, that's Dalton. No, Charlie Dalton is a girl. That's Gail Hansen as Charlie Dalton. She's a female. That's, that's the guy. Oh, well, his name's Gail, I guess. Okay. I thought the girl's name was Charlie. <laughs> ah, we're all man. messed up here. Well, never mind then. Yeah. Um, but yes. So, uh, yeah, Overstreet will be a rapist. But so <laughs> then they're like he's got to move all of his stuff out and he's packed up all his shit and they show up to class and norman lloyd is teaching the class and he's like okay where did you guys leave off and the, nobody will say anything and he's like you the redhead kid who's fucking you know the, the yeah, squealer right in line with everything he's like where did we he's like well we kind of jumped around we skipped over this and we skipped over that and we focused on this and he's like well um okay fine then let's read the introduction and he's like we threw it away you what you threw it you're fucked uh you threw it away so he's <laughs> like okay so he's like well then i'll read it and he's reading it and while he's reading that the teacher's in grabbing his stuff he's like i forgot my book or whatever he forgot yeah he and told him to hurry up and and he's kind of smiling at like him reading that like it's so ridiculous and then he goes to leave. Oh, so right before this, though, before Keating goes, sorry, they had everybody come into the room. The redhead kid said, yeah, I told him it was his fault. And he's telling everybody it's his fault. And that and I thought they should have all fucking beat him up. <laughs> like I was like, I was like, who's going to hit him? But the one guy jumps on and hits him. And and so then they're like, well, what happened to so and so? He's like, he was evicted. You know, he was uh, 
expelled. And then he goes in and his parents are in there. Todd goes in there, Ethan Hawke. And he's like, oh, shit, because he was going to stick up and say some shit. And now he's like, the power of your parents is like, oh, shit. So now he goes in there and they're like, sign this paper. And he's like, this is bullshit. Like, and his dad goes, shut up and sign the paper. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, shit. And he has to bow down and sign it. And then when he's in there and Keating comes in, they all feel bad because they had to do it. And then Keating and then uh, Todd is like, they made us sign it. And he's like, I know, son, it's OK. And you're like, oh, shit, he knows. He knows that he's the fucking, you know, scapegoat. Yeah. And as he's getting ready to leave and then Ethan Hawke stands up on the desk and he's like, oh, captain, my captain, I'm getting choked up. Mm-hmm. And he's like. And then the other one stands up and that one kid, the tall lanky one, he's just kind of sitting there. Like he, he's not, he's undecisive and fine. He's like, fuck it. I'll get up. And he gets up on the desk. And what's cool again is that they don't all get up on the desk. There's like six of them who are still sitting there, not even looking at the teacher. The others are standing, looking at the teacher. Norman Lloyd is like, get down, get down. What are you doing? And he had told them get up on the desk to see the different, uh, the way things are viewed in different ways and what was cool when they're walking over his desk the one kid he's like you didn't even like you need to folk like you just walked over my desk like what the fuck um but it was it's really good and then he leaves and it's on ethan hawk between that guy's legs not sexually but the shot and then all of a sudden it just it goes to black and that's the end and Watching this movie, I was like, okay, I see why I didn't watch this movie a lot. I see why I loved it in 89 when I first saw it. That was the last time that I saw it, but I loved it. And then this time, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I know Neil commits suicide. Okay. And then at the end, I'm like you said, I'm fucking teary. I'm choked up. I'm like, you know, watching it. I'm like, wow. So, yeah, it was really good. But uh, you have anything else to add to this before we get to some reviews? Some good. All right. Rotten Tomatoes critical consensus reads, quote, affecting performances from the young cast and a genuinely inspirational turn from Robin Williams. Grant Peter Weir's prep school drama top honors, end quote. So Pauline Kael, Quentin's favorite reviewer. Uh, she was unconvinced about the film and its middle brow high mindedness, but praised Williams quote, Robin Williams performance is more graceful than anything he's done before. He's totally concentratedly there. He reads his lines stunningly. And when he mimics various actors reciting Shakespeare, there's no undue clowning in it. He's a gifted teacher demonstrating his skills End quote. Awesome. And then this one, Cisco Niebert really did not like this movie. On their Oscar nomination edition of Cisco Niebert, both Gene Siskel, who also gave the film a mixed review, and Ebert disagreed with Williams' Oscar nomination. Ebert said that he would have swapped Williams with either Matt Dillon from Drugstore Cowboy or John Cusack for Say Anything. Hmm. So I get that. Matt Dillon does really good in Drugstore Cowboy, if you've ever seen it. It's really good. Um, and John Cusack too, but not as good as Robin Williams, but uh, Matt Dillon is right there up there with him um, on there. If we pick the winner special in March of 1990, Ebert chose the film's best picture nomination as the worst nomination of the year, 
believing it took a slot that could have gone to Spike Lee's do the right thing, which I agree. Mm. But at that time it was, you know, not right in all, <laughs> in all aspects, not right that they didn't pick it and not right that it got, that it didn't get picked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so this question really doesn't really matter, but so in this movie, did you see anything that you think Tarantino might've liked or used in a film? I could see him liking it, being inspired, the writing thing, like you said, where it just kind of flows like stenographer type stuff, like we've said before. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there was nothing that really stood out. It was yeah. it's, it was so in its own for me that I don't really, nothing in it made me think, oh, Tarantino could have taken that or used that or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Closest uh, thing for me may have been them in the cave, all of them bunched together. Mm -hmm. talking and having a good old time because yeah. you know you could you could loosely equate that to the beginning of reservoir dogs or something but it's yeah. very much a, eh, kind of yeah i think that's like i said where you could see it more coming from all those 70s and eight like yeah. all the movies we've done so far you could see him definitely being like oh piranha like let's do something like piranha or have some dialogue like piranha like you know you know what if he's gay um yep. so <laughs> Our star rating system here is one to five, five being the best. So is it your turn to go first or mine? I don't remember. All right, then. I rate this movie four out of five. Uh, what do you give it? Five. Oof. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I won't hurt you. That's your review. Okay. I'm sticking with four. Um, yeah, it, well, a part of it, you know, like I said, a lot of it was really the, the each part for each character well done yeah they each had their own yeah points of bringing this together it wasn't just because i kind of feel in a way like when you watch like school ties and stuff like that a lot of the characters just yeah jock, together way too far guys or whatever yeah. or smart intellectuals yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it, it was too much they with this they didn't try it like because even with who they used even mm -hmm. at the end, even though one of the kids that stood up on the chair had nothing to do with their group, but he, he, he felt something from Keating. He learned something and he needed to stand up. So yeah. it was that cool thing that like made me realize, holy shit, it's not everybody that was in this group that was in the cave. Yeah. This kid yeah. had nothing to do with it, Very but he's there. Yeah. So I was like, this is fucking amazing when I'm sitting here watching this going and, but each one had their own story. Yeah their own their own version of yeah yeah their own character or, their own yeah everything yeah or the fear that uh that he had to speak it was thanks to him that yeah. now maybe in the future like i would love to see a sequel to this movie mm -hmm. with ethan hawk at his age now yeah coming in as a teacher where you're like holy shit he became a keating like yeah yeah you know, yeah that'd amazing. be cool um, would you buy this movie, rent it, or find it for free? Buy it. Yeah. Oh, I wow. wish I did when I <laughs> when I rented it. it. Yeah. Would you watch this movie a lot? Would you think once a year you'd put Probably this movie year, on to be inspired? Yeah. I um I would rent it, um like I did the dollar like that's where like and like I say you got to be in the mood for dramas. Like mostly I'm watching these whatever I'm watching I don't always go to dramas. When I do watch a drama I love it. I'm like, "Oh man, that was good. Like made me cry or whatever." But um yeah. No, that's uh that's good. Mm -hmm. 
So you ready for Phil's film favorite of the week? Yeah, yeah. I wonder what it is. <gasps> Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny from 2023. No. Yeah. Um, so the plot, a legend will face his destiny. Finding himself in a new era, approaching retirement, Indy wrestles with fitting into a world that seems to have outgrown him. But as the tentacles of an all-too-familiar evil return in the form of an old rival, Indy must don his hat and pick up his whip once more to make sure an ancient and powerful artifact doesn't fall into the wrong hands. I gave this one four stars. Okay. So this one got a lot of bad reviews. Me and the wife went to see it. Uh, she fell asleep like she always <laughs> does. Like my um, wife does. Yeah. But I thought like, I thought she would stay. Like, I was like, you want to watch Raiders before we go? You want to watch some of the, she's like, no, I'm good. I'm like, okay. She knew how important it was to me. So she sat there and I'm watching it. And that opening scene, she leans over and goes, looks like somebody got a facelift. When they pull the bag off of his head and I'm like, I'm like, yeah. And then that was all she said to me. Like, and then I watched the movie. I'm in it. Mm -hmm. That first, that opening scene is like, like some people said, it looks too much like a video game. Like maybe when he's up on the train, it looks like a video game, but mm -hmm. I'm fine with that. Like that first scene of them pulling that bag up, you're like, holy shit, this looks like it was filmed. Like, oh my God. Like, you know, back then. Yeah. And, and you're, and you just go through this whole thing and it's really fun and it was really cool. And they ended it in this great way mm -hmm. and it was cool and I liked it. So, yeah. And when well, I read something where they said that the reason why <coughs> the reason why the young Indiana Jones series is not being put on Disney plus mm -hmm. is because that had a definitive ending kind of at the end of the series for an older indie uh yeah so they didn't want it to contradict with what happens with this movie so mm. that's why it's basically disappearing like it's never that, coming that makes sense i remember hearing about that ending i used to read those books back then and mm. i did and the show was always a different time so you couldn't catch it It was like where they couldn't find the right time for it so yeah. i would miss it but i remember hearing like oh yeah it's an old indie and he's telling a story to the grandkids or something and you're like okay but you know, old indie who knows, you know, now he's 80 and he's doing this. There's a really good interview on Conan O'Brien. You know, he's got a podcast. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. He had Harrison Ford on there. Hilarious. Like you're used to Harrison Ford being like this serious. No, he's funny. Him and Conan back and forth are just making jokes. And uh, it's really good. And then also, if you want to hear me talk about all the Indiana Jones movies with my friend Jason Bromley, on his podcast called um, Popcorn Promises. Look up that and you can find Raiders of the Lost Ark that I'm on. He re-released when he was on my show, we did uh, on my old show, we did uh, Temple of Doom and we did Last Crusade. So we really released, I gave him those to re-edit and put on his show. And then we just did Kingdom of the Crystal Skull on his show. So you can hear that one. And then coming up soon, whenever we figure out a time, we're going to do this one. So it's very fun. And we haven't talked to each other about it. Like, what did you think? What did, no, nope, it'll be good to just be on and be like, here's what I think. Right. So come back next week on July. Okay. First of all, wait, before I get to this, go ahead and 
open up IMDb if you want. But before we get to this, I want to say, so I rented these movies from the video store. People were kind of amazed on my Twitter, my Twitter friends, mm -hmm. that I had never seen Devil in a Blue Dress, Denzel Washington. I watched that one. I never saw Confess Fletch. I watched that one. And I never saw uh, Can't Buy Me Love. And I watched mm -hmm. that. And then I rented Dead Poet Society. And then you get them for four days. So I was like, oh, wow, cool. Um, so Devil in a Blue Dress is really good. I gave that four stars as well. It's really good. And young Don Cheadle in it. Um, and then Can't Buy Me Love, I had never seen. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't know why I've never seen it. And I was talking to Chip off mic the other day when he called me. And I'm like, I'm like, I think it came out later. And that's why I was done with the romantic comedies or the, you know, it's not Breakfast Club, whatever. And then Chip's like, no, it was 87. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then me and the wife watching it. And she's like, I don't think I've seen it either. And then she's like, how old is he here? Because he looks real young. And I'm like, he's 20. She's like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, well, he's supposed to be in high school. And uh, it's got Courtney Gaines in it from the Burbs, uh, the, the young redhead from Children of the Corn and Hard Bodies. Mm. Um, so I like those movies. They were all good. Confess Fletch. He actually did good of doing a little bit of a like doing his own thing but a little bit like chevy chase oh okay but it was really i wasn't, I wasn't sure after watching the trailer and stuff yeah. i was like eh. so, yeah the trailer didn't do it too good it was fun because he's like barefoot walking around and he's like the way he's talking making these comments just it's really cool um so come back next week on july 14th for Dragon vs. Needles of Death, 1975. Dragon what? Dragon vs. Needles of Death. <laughs> I thought that I was like, Man. yeah, it's a kung fu thing. Um, but I, I think it's on YouTube. But let me check. It might have a different name, but I would have put that different name down. Dragon vs. The only thing that actually comes up is Dragon vs. Ninja, and that's the closest thing I got. Needles of Death. Okay. Well, I got it for you right here, Chip. It's a great. young man joins, and it's from 1975, right? Is that what I said? A young man joins a Kung Fu Academy, but fails to fit in. He soon runs off with the master's daughter and becomes a salt smuggler. He ends up joining with the school's top fighter, his former rival against a local mob uh, leader so it's on tubi and it's on plex so that's where you can get it that's the only places to show up Tubi, of course you got to watch ads and plex i think you got to watch ads mm. but um yeah it's a kung fu one have we done a kung fu one yet i don't think so mm -mm. oh this will be fun so all right everybody here's a trailer if i can find one which i should um for a dragon verse the needles of what <laughs> the needles of death yes yes right. yes so if there's a trailer here it is <laughs> The dragon 
versus needles of death in the sinister shadows of night lurks the newest and most deadly demon of the martial arts. Chun Chun's needles of death. Killer steel spikes flung at supersonic speed, ripping through anyone in their path. of death, a bloodthirsty martial arts butcher. Can anyone escape the slaughter? The Dragon King of martial arts, a kung fu master. His fist of fury against these daggers of death. The Dragon versus Needles of Death. A Kung Fu powerhouse. The Dragon, an indestructible Kung Fu killing machine, meets his most evil opponent. on an army of Kung Fu executioners. See Chun fire his needles 360 degrees around. He'll cut you up from all sides at once. They strike like lightning, kill and torture. See the dragon versus needles of death rated R coming soon. Thank you for joining us. We hope you had fun and maybe learned something about a movie that may have had a part in making Tarantino. Goodbye. Bye-bye.